What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. This is Money, the Kitchen Beautician. Oh, shit. That's true. I came in here. And there's... You don't have to put my business out. Okay. Who are you? There are all sorts of hair-doing accoutrements strewn about the apartment. And I am Nikita, the honey who works with her hands. Oh, you're trying to add some more alliteration in there? Hmm. Yeah. I see you. I, see I meant you. not in like a, a sex way. Sure. I mean in like a work. I, in that I work way with too? my hands. Okay. At work. Drop the intro. Your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe incite my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, hate you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sister, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. You love. All right, Nikita, you wanna tell the folks where they can find us? Yes. You can find us, well, first, here's where you can listen to the podcast, where you can find us. You can listen on Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And where can they find us? Sorry, I was, just, <laughs> I was really excited that I changed it up. Oh my gosh. And you can also find us on the social meds. I'm going to go, I'm going to be a little wild and start with Facebook Oh today. my gosh. You can find us on Facebook, uh, which is Queer Walk, hashtag, no. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, um, Queer Walk, colon, the podcast. You can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at Queer Walk Pod. And we also have the same handle on Twitter. And always, like we always uh, remind you all, you can join the conversation on Twitter or any of the social meds, but specifically on Twitter, use the hashtag QueerWOC. Yes. Oh, and how could I forget? Maybe you, you know, there's something really intimate or personal you want to share with us. You don't want to just be blasting it all over social meds. Well, if that is the engagement that you prefer, shoot us an email to our Gmail, which is QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. Thank you, Nikita. Why did you have that long pause? (laughs) I was just wanting to make sure you was done. All right. And you can contribute to this here program if you know and love it. Uh, Or maybe this is your first time and you're just shocked to hear a podcast hosted by two black queer troublemakers and you would like to contribute. You can do that in one of two ways. The first way is to help us get more visibility so that you can do that through using the hashtag like Nikita talked about, hashtag QueerWOC. When you're listening to the podcast, talking about something, suggesting a Queer Walk of the Week, suggesting a topic, go ahead and use the hashtag. The second way you can contribute to the podcast is by 
giving us some coins. Squirrel And you can drop some coins off, again, one of two ways. All about the dinero. Stop. <laughs> the first way is, <laughs> is a one-time, just coming on through, you know, put some money in a collection plate at the PayPal, which is paypal.me slash queerwoc. The second way is consistent, and you become a sustainer of this here program at the Patreon. So you can do that at patreon.com slash queerwalkpod. Um, and if you are a patron, you might see some little perks over there. So, you know, make some sure. Some exclusives. Okay. I'm, so I feel like I'm really on you, with these you type are, women. You are. You are. Just, <laughs> I'm like, who is this person? All this energy. But yes, you are. So yeah, yeah. That's how y'all can catch it. It's like, so this, this is a bi-weekly podcast, meaning that we're, you know, regular, like pretty routine. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of it as like, this is like radical church. And this is your tithe <laughs> to your black feminist high priestesses. <laughs> and, just, in, and in the Lord's name. L-O-R-D. E, <laughs> amen. I was just thinking like, okay, we give y'all two episodes a month. Even though our episodes are like pretty lengthy. Um, Packed with amazing ass content. And like if you were a patron, just like $3 a month, that's like paying a dollar fifty. Per episode. Per episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. That's cheaper than Netflix. It is. Yeah. And we need it, y'all. We like, really we, do. We want to do merch. We want to do meetups. We want to do something else that starts with an M. So. <laughs> merch, meetups, and damn, I thought I had it. I, didn't, I ain't got it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean... In order to do merch and meetups, we need your money. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so you want to do Queer Walk of the Week or you want me to do Queer Walk, Queer Walk, Queer Walk of the Week? Oh, shit. I think every segment by the end of the year is going to have its own... <laughs> Little thing. Uh-huh. I, I've been trying to step it up because you know everybody be like, oh my gosh, Nikita's song at the beginning of the segment. I'm like, all right, all right. But I never think of anything. You, you're always much better with that. But You have other so, gifts, friend. If you condescendingly put your hand on me one more time, I'm going to chop you in the neck and do the rest of this episode by myself. You're going to do the uh, rest of this episode with a dead body in your apartment? <laughs> that is sick. Maybe if I was able to have the AC or the fan going wild, but <laughs> okay. not. All right. So, queer walk, queer walk, queer walk. Of the week. This week is actually a movie. So this is like a film suggestion. Okay? Okay. Um, so not just one person. So this film that we are telling you all about in Queer Walk of the Week segment is called Good Manners. Or um, would you like to take a, a jab at how it's pronounced in Portuguese? No, I'm good. <laughs> As vos mineras? Yeah, let's go with mineras? that. All right. So y'all have to know, what y'all need to know about Good Manners is that it's a Brazilian lesbian werewolf horror movie, and it's unlike any movie you've ever seen before. I mean, that, just on that <laughs> description alone, I don't know any Brazilian, I don't know any country You don't know lesbian. any Brazilian lesbian werewolves? No. Can't, can't, can't say that I do. <laughs> I think I met one once at Trex. 
I'm sure there's a lot of um, underworld, seedy things happening there. She's listening. And she's like, I am not a werewolf. <laughs> I am a shapeshifter. That is different. <laughs> okay. Yeah, y'all. So this film, again, it's called Good Manners. It's um, created and produced by Juliana Rojas and Marco Dutra. And it's it only has two openings in the United States right now. Um, I read that it opens on August 17th in LA and it opened July 17th in New York City. Um, so just a little bit, I'll put the link to the, um, trailer in the info box, but just a little bit about this movie. So how I heard about it was from a tweet from, I think their name is Ine Denise. Or is that Linne? I, oh, I thought that was an I. Linne Denise. Um, and she tweet- so they tweeted, to be clear, this is a lesbian werewolf horror film set in Brazil. And it's being screened in L.A. Somebody please go watch it for me. Um, and so basically it's how I feel, too. I'm like, damn, I can't see it. I'm up here in Syracuse, can't go see this film. But it sounds interesting. So basically this um, expecting mother moves in a nanny who's this, like, fine-ass black woman, Fine if I might say. Shit, yeah. <laughs> And they kind of, like, fall for each other while this woman is expecting a baby. And then you get kind of... These are not spoilers, because this is everything I got from watching the trailer. trailer. Then you find out that the baby is not so human. (laughs) (laughs) So, there we go. So, we have a werewolf baby being raised by a lesbian couple. (laughs) Stranger things have happened. (laughs) And um, what the creators of this film um, say, I've read reviews, they all say that it's really good and that, like, you won't see what's coming, coming in the movie, and it's one of those movies that kind of sticks with you after you see it. Um, But the creators said that they wanted to, like, break the genre modes and really bring out their own kind of, like, like, commentary on today's political, um, like, big themes. And so that sexual desire and, like, sexuality what makes up and defines a family, and the, like, changing human body. Mm. Um, And so I'm really excited. I I hope one day this film makes it to either, like, larger theaters or Netflix, something, so that I can watch it because I'm so excited to see uh, two lesbians of color raise a werewolf baby. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so like I said, I'll put a link to the trailer in the info box, and if you can, go check out Good Manners. In L.A., West Coast, go check it out. Check it out and let us know uh, um, how it was. Yeah. And you can let us know how it was by using the hashtag QueerWOC. Yeah. And it is in Portuguese, so I want to watch it to pick up some little, you know, like, right. words so that you can, you know. So, Queer Werewolf of Color. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the W stands for. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on along to community contributors. That was nice. I think we alley ooped that again. You yeah. see, I'm, that's, I'm a, this, when I learn more basketball terms, I'll be oh sure to um, interject them into the show. Sure. So what do you have so far? In terms of basketball terms? Yes. I mean, I've said when I learn more. <laughs> so all you know is alley oop. Alley oop, a crossover. What's a crossover? Nikita? It's when you. I can't just say. 
I did the the motion right. You know, it's when you uh-huh, dribble uh-huh. and you cross. Yeah. Um, a point guard. Don't ask me. I don't know who that is on the field. I'm mean, on the court. Um, rebound. On the field. Rebound. Um. It's okay. It's okay. We can stop no, here. No, hold on. Let me just get two more out. I'll, name five players. LeBron James. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> okay. You go to Syracuse. Do they have to be? Do that they, is unfair to from name what, From what era? Do they, do they have to be? <laughs> they have to be oh, currently okay. playing. Currently. Well, I'm just going to name out. Th- okay. Carmelo Anthony. You're name Carmelo. LeBron you James. You drive past the Carmelo Anthony sports complex to come you record this. Okay. Um, Tony Parker. <laughs> A Stoudemire. <laughs> Their last name is Stoudemire? Uh, yes. Is it Amir? No, it's not. It starts with an A. Amari. Yeah. Amari. Um, you name it. Wait, like... wait. Stop, stop, stop. I don't think you... Okay. And Shaq's no longer playing. <laughs> Pippin no longer plays. Oh, my gosh. It's okay. Oh, Can wait. Who's that me? big, tall? Tony Parker. Carl Malone? What? No, Nikita. <laughs> No. Okay, we're going to go on on to community contributors because Nikita... What's a basketball dyke? Please help me. <laughs> help me. She's just not a basketball dyke. And it's so funny because I feel like if people looked at us, they would definitely not think that they could talk yeah. basketball with me. Right. And they would assume that you knew that LeBron transferred. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. So, moving along. Whew, let me collect myself. That Tony Parker took me out. Does he not play anymore? (laughs) Oh, this fuck, Nikki. But that doesn't answer the question. (laughs) But like the Spurs, Nikita? Of course, I'm from Texas. Of course I would know the Spurs. (laughs) Okay. Eva Longoria's ex-husband. Oh, I didn't even know they divorced. (laughs) Okay, Nikita. Yeah, he still plays. I think I deserve an apology. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was so mean. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Can we please move on to we the community okay. contributors? Okay. Jeez. <laughs> All right. So we want to give a huge shout out to those who became new patrons since last episode. So new patrons to shout out. Thanks to Elizabeth, Demetria, Mary Jaleel, and Kendrick for becoming... Hey. I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Do, do See, you know, I'm just excited because Kendrick, that's my cousin. Okay. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see. Well, you know, hey, cousin Kendrick. He was my, uh, I mean, he still is, but this is my my favorite big cousin. So I'm just Aww. glad to see that he, he's supporting the show. Let's hope my favorite big cousin decides to become a patron as well. And <laughs> you encourage your favorite big cousin to become, become a patron, a patron too. as well. All right. So you want to shout out the folks from the PayPal? I do. So, damn, it's just all my folks is coming through. So, we got a very generous donation from my ace one from day one, best friend since 15, Diedrich Brackens. Should I be saying his full name? You know, I'm going to say his full name because he is actually a premier fibers artist. Mm -hmm. And his, um, you can see some of his amazing work. 
Um, there's a lot around uh, race, uh, sexuality in the South, so place, that kind of thing. So check him out. Again, Black Queer Artist, Deeds Weaves on Instagram. We'll I was about to say, what's the Instagram? Deeds Weaves. Okay. So we'll uh, be sure to um, post his uh, Instagram handle in the notes and go check out his art and go yes, support him. Please do. Yes. Because he support supported Black Queer us. Art. Exactly. Like, community. And he been yes. supporting me since I was 15. Yeah. I hope that he's the one who... He's the one that collected you and was like, girl, you're gay. Okay, he was. <laughs> and look how far you've come. Uh, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> All right. And we also got really sweet emails from Neoncore and Ren. So shout out uh, to both of them for sending really sweet, moving emails. So... Neoncore says, um, uh, it was it was so sweet because they uh, wanted to leave a review, but you know they were like, I got in my feelings, the next thing I know would turn into a long thing. <laughs> so I'm just going to read part of it. Um, and so Neoncore says, thank you for giving, the, giving me the courage to create a space inside of myself to finally accept the beautiful, awkward, cheesy, earthy, black femme lesbian that I am. If she's half as dope as y'all, then I'm definitely winning in life. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, love, and knowledge in such a beautiful and profound way. You are amazing beings doing, doing amazing work. Please accept my deepest gratitude, love, and light. Many blessings. Oh, that's so that is, beautiful. That is, that is so beautiful. And that yeah. this is what... This is what community does. It makes me think about that old um, proverb. It's like, I am because you are. Or I am mm. because we are. And it's like, it's it's through, you know, being in relation to one another that I think it is a thing that helps us to become our most fully realized and whole selves. So yeah. this, that this, I mean, we talk about and stress the importance of community. That's just really one of the amazing things that it does. Yeah. So thank you so much for sending such, I mean, that was just I so know. beautiful. I feel like we have to start like putting this in a way you can contribute to the show too. Cause sometimes when I like, I'm just really not feeling like recording, getting emails like yes. this from y'all, yes. it just picks me up. And like, even I'm thinking about like trying to finish my dissertation and how much encouragement that I get from listeners on Twitter. Yes. Like, it's, yes. oh my gosh, y'all. Like, I transcribed my ass off this weekend. A transcribing ass bitch right now. Right now, for real. That's what I should have been. Money to transcribing ass bitch, because I really Damn. did. <laughs> so, yes. Thank y'all for the really kind words. Always right. Yeah. And Do we... I Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I just never get tired. Like, it's never just, oh, here we go, another, you know, sweet, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm always moved. Because. By, I was going to say, by each and every single email, yeah. review, tweet, and right. everything. It's like, they, they never go un or underappreciated. Because it makes it, I know sometimes when we're, like, um, putting content together, we're like, are we being representative of the community? Like, does the community fuck with us, basically? And every time y'all send these messages, it's like, yes, yeah. y'all do fuck with us. Yeah. So. Fuck what is heavy. <laughs> okay. I don't know who I am today. I don't know who you are either. <laughs> I, you know it's what? It's this, this Evict Ice shirt you got it's on. It's this Evict Ice shirt. But I'm also, you know, I've just been feeling, I'm not going to use that word because I've gotten teased for it. Um, Hip? Yes. I was trying to think of something else. Thank you. 
I, you know, I just feel very like, you know, my age. Today. Nikita listened to one Kehlani album and thinks she bad. No, I yes. listened to Kehlani. I listened to Chloe and Haley, Hallie. Hallie. Um, went back and listened to Cardi B. I'm just feeling very in the 21st century. Okay. I listened to it the first time. Don't uh-huh. get it twisted. I know, I know you did. Okay. Because I made you. <laughs> I think I texted you when it came out. How I listen to it is neither here nor there. <laughs> the point is. A bitch just feeling very too, at least 2015. I wouldn't yeah. be so uh, aud- audacious enough to say I'm fully present for it now. Almost. almost. You're almost caught up. Yeah. And look, it's only August. It only took you eight months to get into the year. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we got any new reviews, Nikita? We do. We have. You have to read them by default today because my iTunes on my laptop won't work. Oh, that's so sad. It's probably because it's not a, a Apple product. Right. <laughs> um, so we have one new review from Switza. Switza. And the title of Switza's review is Black Girl Magic. Again, five stars. Switza says, I'm a black queer woman who loves queer black shit. Ow! That's, that's, that should be that like a second tagline. <laughs> You know, for for queer women who love queer queer shit. queer queer walk shit, yeah, we'd have to revamp it. Anyway, <laughs> I love listening to y'all at work because I'm able to tune out my coworkers and laugh throughout the day. It's tough being the only POC in my department, so Say it's like it. y'all are with me, right? Y'all have such a positive vibe on air, and I always look forward to hearing new stuff. And Switzer ends by asking, can we please get some Queer Walk t-shirts popping? And this is another plug <laughs> about for um, grassroots fundraising. Because exactly. we've, we've done some price um, quotes and t-shirts are not cheap. They're not. And especially know. if you don't want to, you know, some small brown hands who are who are forced to make the t-shirt under slave-like yeah. conditions. Because that's what I'm like. They probably would be cheap if we weren't thinking ethically and like right. what aligns with our principles. Because it was really important for us to get a, a queer pack to do the art. Check. Check. And then we definitely wanted a POC-owned company to sure. do it. But the price is just right. <laughs> like to do that. It's really, you know, we still work in there. So if y'all help drop these coins in a bucket. Then y'all get some... Some, yeah. Again, like we were saying. But for, for the now, merch. we got these fire-ass stickers coming, though. Fire, 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 Yeah. So, <laughs> so y'all can get these stickers until we get the money to get these t-shirts. In fuego, <laughs> motherfucker. I don't know. I'm really out of control right now. You are. Um, this is not a Queer Walk the Mixtape. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just wait. You wait till you and I get a little bit more time. <laughs> All right, so thanks y'all again for making Community Contributors possible. Uh, If you would like to be a part of Community Contributors, you already know what to do. Contribute. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles. And I'm Mia Mick. And I'm Zaheer. And we are Marsha's Plate, the The podcast. podcast. And you can find us on all platforms such as iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and even the other one that I don't know. <laughs> SoundCloud. <Damn. laughs> That's the only one you missed, bitch. Can you edit that out, please? No. Z, where can they find us? Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> and right now you are listening to one of the premier voices of the queer community, Queer Walk, the podcast. 
hosted by money therapizing your shit so you can navigate this world in your beautiful black body with a beautiful healthy mind and nikita here to teach you how to organize and fight this capitalism and she might even serenade you with a black soul song i mean you don't get no better than that so listen to me when i tell you you're in the right spot at the right time enjoy yourself i love the black girl you do it a lot oh do i yeah I'm, that's no shade. You know, I, I know. I understand Wakanda is part of our <laughs> language. It's part of our ancestral tradition. The clicks. <laughs> so every time you do it, I'm just like, first hand. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, fool. Um, you got to introduce oh. my segment. <clears throat> Therapizing with you is easy because you're beautiful. <laughs> you don't look <laughs> you look so offended. La, 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 la. Who sings that? La 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 Is it mini repetition? Doodin doodin doodoo Oh my gosh, my ears. <laughs> Who sings that song? It's mini repetition. I thought it was mini repetition. Okay. I just need to get my black card back from Diamond. <clears throat> wow, let me try to do that again. <laughs> Please don't. Hold on. Stop! Nikita! Nikita! I'm going to have to take some chloroceptic after that. You know, that time you sang that song, I didn't know, and Diamond sent me a YouTube link. I thought it was, I was like, damn, I got to get my black car back. But, so speaking of music, this mental moment, um, I'm just going to give you 10 songs by queer women of color that talk about or mention mental health. I thought it was pretty cool. Because for those of you who don't know, um, if y'all didn't listen, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's like almost a year now from when I was a guest on Tea with Queen and Jay. I talked about kind of being a music head on there. It was a new discovery. I I, I knew that I liked music which before. Is, yeah, which but is to ridiculous. hear Queen be like, you're a music head. I'm like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, I'm really into music. I feel like I am really into like, curating playlists you yeah so one of her uh spotify playlists actually has like 500 followers um actually it's at a thousand oh it just hit a thousand excuse the fuck has out of me a thousand and eight oh so yeah so yeah so my spotify playlists are lit um i actually have one for women of color healing i think i should share that link but of this course. So this one is specifically by queer women of color because you know you don't be wanting to put people on the list and they be like I'm not queer, <laughs> right? <laughs> but <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. And so recently, this this isn't recent, but like I tell y'all, I really love SoundCloud because it feels like the place where you get music that you can feel. I don't know. It's like. The, the playground is flat on SoundCloud. And so everybody, everybody who has a computer can like create and make music. And so it feels less like curated and selected and um, filtered than like Spotify. Oh, where got it, got you it. have to be like, even as I was looking for some of these songs, I was like, oh, these are not on Spotify. Right. So, <clears throat> so I made a Spotify playlist. I'm going to share that link with y'all. But a few of the songs ain't on there. So all the... All the links will be in the description. Y'all know that. Check the um the show notes. 
because I put a lot of work into them. And yes, I do have timestamps. So, all right. So Nikita told me I can't play uh, snippets of the songs. But because... tell them why. Because <sighs> you don't want the episode taken down. So I'm just gonna... And why would they get taken down? I don't know. Something about Okay, well, let me explain this. Because, you know, this is an anti-capitalist program. And this is how capitalism will fuck you over every time. Oh, because we don't pay. Huh? We don't pay for the rights to Yeah, we so. right. It's co- copyright is the mm-hmm. thing that's keeping us from being able to play this music um in this segment. So in a in a society free of private property, that would not exist, but this is not that <laughs> segment. So go ahead. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought this was mental health. <laughs> but you know what? Uh it's not like our mental health isn't also informed by capitalism and yeah. the access we get to that. That's why y'all be on here listening to my ass because you ain't got to pay no copay. All right. Bitch just brought a full circle. (laughs) All right. So the first song, uh, the first two songs are by Baby Mother. The first is Rules. And this, uh, I think this is like probably her most famous or most played um, video because it's pretty, it's pretty lit. I'll put the the link in the description. But uh, she talks about PTSD in that song. I was like, go ahead. Yeah. Um, Cause you know a lot of rappers rap about uh, traumatic shit, yeah, and they don't make no mention of having any kind of impact on them, right? But of course, leave it to baby mother; she'll do that for you. Then she has a song called "Niggas," mm. and if you could tell from the title, <laughs> you know, I would I would call "Niggas" a commentary on <laughs> trash men. <laughs> And patriarchy <laughs> and its impacts on the femme psyche. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I got to quote this shit in my dissertation. But yes, um, and, and niggas, she talks about like basically using drugs to cope with the way that anxiety and depression get to her. Wow. Because of the relationship she's been in. She's also a survivor of intimate partner violence mm. and has talked pretty like openly about that. And I know a couple days ago was like the National Day of Awareness for Intimate Partner Violence. And so this felt really timely to put those two um, songs on the list too. So go check those out. All right, all right. The third song on my list is the I Get the Bag Freestyle by Young and May. The uh, you get the bag and fumble it, I get the bag and flip it and tumble it. So that song, I think it's by like Gucci Man or somebody or Amigos. But I didn't know that that was an original song because I had only heard her freestyle. Because mm-hmm. if, if anybody doesn't know, the songs of Young M.A.'s that get popular are like the shittier ones. She can actually rap. Like she, not that she can't rap on ooh, but like... It's, <laughs> It gets so much deeper than that. So, yeah. So, on this freestyle, it was the version of the song that I had known. And then I heard, you know, it come on in the car and it wasn't her. I was like, what the fuck? Then I found out it was a freestyle to the beat. Which is why it's not on Spotify. Right? (laughs) Um, But, yes. In that song, she talks about doing stuff to deal with depression after her brother passed away. So, fourth song. Shake Em Off by Sid. It's the... First song on her solo album. Yeah. And I think Sid talks uh, pretty pretty much in, on every project that they have about her battles with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is another one of those songs. And I love Shake Em Off because it's it like, it gets you, you know, it, it, it's one of those songs that you'll get up out of your bed if it came on. Oh, okay. That's good. It's like one of those, Oh, Lord, you know, we need songs like that. Yeah. Just shake it off. You're going to get through this day. Shake it off. Is this song number five? One, two, three, four. Yep, five. 
Song number five is Fucking With My Mind by Tiara Thomas. I feel like I talked about this song before on here. Um, but whenever I'm like really going through it, this song always comes to my head. I don't know why. The hook is like, something's wrong with me. I can't grip reality. I'm like, what? And then it goes, it's fucking with my mind, oh. That shit. When you having a bad day and you're just like, Tiara knows. She understands. <laughs> Let me play it. Um, yeah, so it's called FWMM, but it's, it stands for fucking with my mind. Speaking of minds, um, the Ooh, next song. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> the next song is by none other than Kaylani, and it's called Peace of Mind. And I know that song because I can't. <laughs> Said I'm trying to break up a piece of mind, a piece of mind that I can. You know, this feels real SWV, don't it? It does. I didn't realize that until we just. Hmm, that's interesting. So the next song is by Staz the Boss, and if y'all don't know about Staz, you didn't even say what the peace of mind was about. Uh, it's trying to. It's about trying to have a peace of mind. Oh, sorry. I thought it was. Self-evident. It is. Fair enough. Okay, I won't say that because people, you know. All right, so peace of mind is basically about, like, trying to shake off all of the things that have happened to you. So it's, it's like, you know, one of those post-going-through-some-shit songs as well. Trying to forget everything that's happened or at least cope with it. All right, so like I was saying, Staz is one half of Desatisfaction. Um... They're a pretty dope duo. They don't make music together anymore, but they both make music separately. All of it is really funky. So if you're into funk or like house music, if you've ever been to like a black weirdo party, or if you just want to see two black queer women who DJ and make beats and make their own music, look up The Satisfaction. So Staz the Boss has like, I think three solo albums, maybe more because she, I mean always making music but there's one song on I, I think it's called swimming it's like women but with an s in the front swimming oh. swimming <laughs> okay it's too dirty man. but there's this song <laughs> called tried it where she talks about basically changing your energy through the world right and so at the end she goes how you got the sage and the incense but you still got the rage in your intent oh oh bars no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like the song. And if you like sort of like, I don't know. What's the difference between funk and hip-hop? It doesn't hit as hard, but it's still groovy. Okay. Yeah. If you like that kind of music, check out Staz the Boss. All right. So, the next song, Nikita actually put me on to. <laughs> she, she feels hip now. Um, and it's by Chavela Vargas, who... Came out as a lesbian at, at 81, 81 years old. old. So you see, this 82 with a boo is possible, y'all. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> uh, yes, but she has a song called En el Ultimo Trago. And it it stands for, it, it doesn't stand for, what does that mean? What's the translation? It, it In means, the last drink. Yeah, the last drink. Yeah. And so, sorry. Am I no, I'm just, I'm just trying to read the translation of the lyrics. Well, I was just going to say, so, um, like, I mean, the title kind of gets at this, but she was actually, uh, so she's a Mexican singer, 
and she um, didn't make music for like 15 to 20 years because she had a, a struggle um, with alcoholism. Mm. So in this song, like it's not necessarily about alcoholism, but it is like she's talking about kind of like the end of a relationship and then I, on some level, I think it's implied about using alcohol to, right, to like cope deal with, with that. that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of songs do that. Yeah. So many. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I'm even thinking about like some of baby mother's songs. Yeah. But she's talking about like, you know, my baby daddy on my nerves again. I got to light another blunt. You yeah. know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. all of those things we used to cope yeah, so, and I put it on, and I was immediately like, hey, right. this is a bop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not in the bop that you all would think of it, because I feel like people on this, and they're going to be like, it's not what I thought it was. Oh, you mean like twerking and jigging? Right, right. So no, it's not no, that no. kind of a bop. No, it's just like a groove, you right, know? Right, right, right. Um, I think, what does Ahmad say? He likes curating... Uh, moods through music yeah and he's really good at that also and this this uh, song definitely, this definitely song, has a mood yeah it has a mood um and then the no the second to last song on my list is off of the new internet album that i you know it took me it took me a while i remember you weren't feeling it i was much. so mad i was like what is this <laughs> <laughs> um but it's all right now um and one of the songs on there is called it gets better yeah, it's just really sweet. It's one of those songs that's just like, give it time, um, trust the process, you know. We have rough shit happen, right. but it'll turn one day, you know. And they also talk about burning sage in that song. Huh. I'm just saying, seems to be a trend here. All right. And the last song on my playlist, again, not on Spotify, but I couldn't do this playlist without talking about this song because it kind of inspired the whole mental moment mm-hmm. anyway so the song is called sandman and it's by day that's d-e-y um you can hit them up on instagram at lovely day i promise you you will not be disappointed because they fine as fuck yeah um but so fine so that they their, their account <laughs> almost deserves to be reported it's, it's it's actually obscene it's it's pretty offensive to be that fine and be able to yeah, sing yeah like i feel like you should only get blessed with one of those yeah but like not all of them but they got both um and so this song just like i don't know it's like it reminds you of like you are right this is how depression impacts yeah me. yeah but yeah. the song is so good you just be like give right. me a drink man hey <laughs> It's, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. I really like the video, too. Okay, I'll post the link. Well, I have to because it's not on Spotify. Okay. So it's not on the playlist link, but I'll put the video in the... And y'all will be happy with the video, too, because like we said, Day is fine. Right. So, yes, check out Sandman by Day. And check out their uh, SoundCloud. That's it's okay. That, it's yeah. that and S. But, yeah. Um, so the, those are my 10 songs by queer women of color that talk about mental health. Can I play some Sandman for them? Yeah. By Day? Because, you know. Right. I feel like Day is a vicarious homie. Because sure, we sure, share, sure. we have a common homie. Sure. And that's how small the community is yeah. anyway. So, all right. I'll play some Sandman right here. Mm-hmm. 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 I find myself in a dark place sometimes sometimes and even if the sun is shining outside it don't mean that everything 
looking at her Instagram because I was like, do I want to be her? Do I want to be with her? What is happening? It's just... I know the answer to that okay. for me. <laughs> okay. We should have edited that out. Let's move on along to your segment. I, I, I think we, we should. It really is. All right. All right. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and now, the bi-weekly word with the women's worker, Nikita. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> this never gets ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, I feel like I've been doing things a little different. Like, you know what the word, and I can do that because this is our show and we can do whatever we want. And it's your segment. Right. So, um, this week's word is actually sorry to bother you. And you're probably ah! thinking, Nikita, that's not a word. <laughs> I'm thinking, Nikita, you saw that movie this year? <laughs> wow. Anyway, moving on along. So, sorry to bother you. One, I just saw it, and I just wanted a reason to talk about it. <laughs> but also, I feel like it really, like, it it vividly captures a lot of the themes that I think we talk about. I think so, too. Um, on the show. So, um, I just kind of, I really just wanted to take this space to talk about um, the movie and things that, like, stood out to me that, I, again, that capture, um, that captures some of the themes that we talk about. So, um, should ahead. I put a spoiler thing? Friend, we got we. It's gonna be spoiled. I was so. trying not to go. This we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll put a link in there. We'll put okay. a spoiler note in there. So the timestamp is gonna be in the description. If you haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, you could just skip Nikita's word and come back after when you watch you it. watch it. Right. Yeah. So I I was uh, I was before I even saw the the trailer. I was excited because Boots Riley is the director. And so for folks who don't know Boots Riley, Boots Riley uh, is a part of a number of uh, music groups, but I know him best through his group, The Coup, so C-O-U-P. So he's a radical um, political um, rapper. I think he, I'm pretty sure he identifies as a communist. He's black, he's from Oakland. Um, and they make good like political like rap. Sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of Sometimes a lot of quote unquote conscious rap to me personally it's just it's just not good. Yeah. But I think they make like really groovy, funky uh, uh, political hip hop. So I, I've dug boots uh, from that. So I was like, 
oh, I'm really excited to see this, you know, this project that he's a part of. Because I knew those themes, right, um, radical politics would be in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you've got Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Uh, you've got Tessa Thompson's fine ass. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Danny Glover, Terry yeah. Crews. What's his name? Amari Hardwick is in it. So I was like, this is great. Yeah. Um, What's the? I wish I knew the that his his friend's name, the sidekick. Oh, he's so he's cute. not a sidekick. Let me take that back. Right. But he was so cute, he's and so he cute. has me wanting to cut my locks. I, well, I was looking at his hair. I was like, yeah. damn, I need that in my I life. I want that haircut. Yeah. Um. So just a quick description, a brief overview of what the movie is about. So the Lakeith Stanfield plays Cassius Green, and so Cassius Green <laughs> is uh broke. Living with uh in his uncle, which is Terry Cruz's uh garage, mm-hmm. struggling. Um, so he needs to get a job. So he gets a job at this telemarketing place. And um it's just well, I'll get into that in a minute. So he's at this telemarketing place and you know, they're like, You need to like you need to be like the best caller and if yeah. and if you work really hard then you can become a super caller. A power caller. Oh, power caller. And um there's this great scene, um, when he uh, first, when he starts his first day of work, where he's sitting next to Danny Glover, uh, who plays uh, <laughs> his coworker Langston, and so you know they're on the phone, and so Langston, Danny Glover, tells him, "Is like you need to put on your white voice," mm-hmm. and like if the film is just so brilliant. So basically, um, I don't want to get too much of the weeds right now, but so he works at this telemarketing place. And in the midst, so he's like, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal at it. But because he can use his white voice, because he's yeah, because <laughs> he can use his white voice. And uh, I just want to say a little bit about Tessa Thompson uh, character, Detroit, because Detroit. Her, because her parents wanted to give her an, <laughs> an American, American name. An American name. When I say I hollered in the theater when she that said that, that was so funny. Like yes, um, tell us that our names ain't American, right? <laughs> so she's a so she pays the bills. By being a sign twirler, but the thing that like I think that wakes her up in the morning, that gives her life, gives her a life, you know, a sense of mm-hmm. purpose is she's an artist. Mm-hmm. She, she does, you know, her art deals with um, like exploitation specifically, um, like oppression and that kind of thing. So that's that's Tessa Thompson's character. Mm-hmm. But go back to the uh, Regal View. Uh, that's where that's the name of the telemarketing agency uh, where Cash's Green works. There's another coworker named Squeeze. And so, and his other, I can't remember his friend's name. Mr. Fly Haircut. Yeah, I can't um, remember his name either. So, th- so Squeeze, uh, who's... Um, oh, Squeeze is also um, the cute guy. Was was he in... Um, never mind, go ahead. I was, try, I, was, I was hoping you would tell me, because I saw him and I was like, Who, he looks familiar. Is he, wasn't he in The Walking Dead? I never watched that show, so I don't know. Um... But anyway, Squeeze uh, is kind of like a um, kind of serving. He's Asian, Asian, um, and serves as a uh, like a leader. He's trying to lead um, this work action, this uh, work work stoppage. Um, you know, to fight for better wages, to get benefits, um, and that kind of thing. And so he wants them to yeah to unionize. Yeah, he wants to he wants to yeah. form a union. And, but another interesting... Yes, he is in The Walking Dead. Yeah. So there's another interesting um, thing that's happening um, in this movie. So it's like, you see all these um, ads throughout the film for this mm-hmm, company mm-hmm. called Worry Free. And basically, it's indentured servitude. And it's, you know, it's and it's got this really... That name is so perfect. And they've, you see ads for it and commercials. And Worry Free is basically... It's a place where they provide your living quarters. And I think... <laughs> 
<laughs> your they, meals. They provide your meals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically like, like a like a labor camp. Yeah. Um, and so you work like 12, 14 hours um, a day and you live there basically. And forever. they have two people to a twin size To a twin. Bed. And there's like six beds in and the And that's room. where you eat your food. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this this is all. And, and because uh, Cash is Green's uncle, remember he's struggling mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to pay the mortgage or pay the rent. At one point, uh, his uncle's thinking about he got a brochure and thinking about going yeah. to work um, for worry free. So basically, I don't want to give too much away um, at the end because the, the end is just so uh, ridiculous and absurd yeah. in all the best ways possible. But the actor who plays his friend is Jermaine Fowler. Jermaine Fowler. He's just yeah. so cute. He's so cute. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, so the so basically some of the, um, like the driving tensions in the movie are, you know, Cash is doing really well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like climbing the ranks. Um, at Regal View, but there's also this collective organizing effort, right? Mm-hmm. So like that, so there's so much conflict that's like rooted. Yeah. Um, there was a moment that, where he was like, "I'm trying to get paid," and the dude said, "We are trying. We to are get trying to get, get paid." Yeah, yeah, right. So, oh, it's, and then there's the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. The radicals who are the left eye. Oh, the like left that, eyes, yeah. right? They they very much uh, resemble like Antifa, so like the anti-fascist, mm-hmm. you know, like. Far left, like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, anti-fascist group. Um, so I guess without giving too much away of the end, so, um, well, this is a spoiler. So Cassius ends up becoming a power caller. Yeah. And um, the the kind of telemarketing and the things that they're selling are really gross, really horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, he finds out some, I mean, just, I mean, the whole premise of worry free is already disgusting Mm -hmm. and gross, right? It's basically indentured servitude. Uh, but he finds out even more horrific things that the worry free, um, uh, what's that? The worry free CEO dude throws a party. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, some of those scenes are really brilliant. Yeah. Um, actually, but the the thing, nigga, 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 so there's two things that like really like have stood out to me. It's it's a it's the kind of film that I feel like I'm gonna have to watch multiple times because I, I know that I'm gonna too. pick up different things. Yeah. But, um, the thing that is so amazing to me about this film is that um, you know I'm not no film critic or nothing like that, so I don't know all the you know the different genres and all that. But um, I've heard it described as like like a surrealist film, and basically one of the things I the, I don't have a I don't have any kind of real deep knowledge about surrealism, but one of the things that surrealists you know try to do is that they try is that one of the aims is putting forward like really like stark like juxtapositions, right? It's supposed mm-hmm. to be like it's supposed to be like absurd, mm-hmm. right? And the whole film is it's it's so absurd in the best way possible because like i feel like it seems so timely because we are living in such yeah. absurd yeah. political times yeah. and i was watching this interview with boots riley on um democracy now and so what he said something that i thought was really interesting because he was like he's like i don't know if that worry-free model is actually illegal and he's like he's like i think it's something that w- to do he's like it's something oh, wow. worth doing research on he's like but i wouldn't want to do too much research and talk about it because he's like somebody if they find out that it wasn't yeah. illegal they would start that shit yeah. out because yeah. it's um and so it's just again it's so and this so i think that 
again, it, it's it's absurd and it captures how like absurd the political moment that we're living in is. But I think the thing that feels really good about it is that it's just like it's just like in your face kind of politics, but to me without feeling like like totally didactic. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to force you. Yeah, it, yeah. I feel like it, it's really trying yeah. to reflect how like, di- like disgusting the times yeah. are. But it's yeah. not like I'm trying Look to. Look how like, disgusting. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, it somehow, it somehow like shows you how absurd the current time, like our real times are. Right. Without being preachy. Of like, right. Right. This right. Is right. What, yeah. Um, Have you heard the good word of right, unionizing today? Right. Yeah. And um, so this is, so I think there's like different ways to like categorize the film. But something that stood out to me is that there's so, there's been so much talk um, about, like, I mean, I've kind of like gotten into this a little bit on the show, but on the left, there's these really, I think that they're increasingly useless and um, they're not, they're not as helpful as they always could be these sort of. Silly class versus race debates. And I feel like the film did such a fantastic job of weaving together race, class, and like labor, and like who constitutes the working class. Because mm. I feel like what has happened in the whole in the whole wake of like the 2016 um, election, there's been this way, you know, so much of the discussion has been like, you know, people have forgotten about the quote unquote or the so-called like flyover states about like the white mm-hmm. working class. So there's that. And then that. So the white working class in like, you know, the Midwest and the South and that kind of thing has been juxtaposed to this to the co- so-called coastal elites. And I'm like, that's actually um, it's an absurd characterization because every other day we're seeing some article. And I think it's really beautiful that this was set in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And Boots Riley in that interview on Democracy Now! is like, I wanted to set it in Oakland because that's where I'm from. And he's like, and I made a choice as an artist to not move to L.A. Mm-hmm. or to not move to New York City because mm-hmm. he was like, this is the place that I know and this is the place that I, where mm-hmm. I've developed politically. So I want to be able to. Um, to like show that he's like that's mm-hmm. what I know, but then also he said something that I thought was like really um, that I thought was funny because he was like I also chose Oakland because he was like I have roots and relationships here. And he's like there's a lot of places where I'm like oh that would be a cool place to shoot. And he's like not only would that be a cool place to shoot, but I know like I got homies and they can, they can let me yeah. shoot for free. Wow, right? Wow. So it's like there's a lot Community. of community. There's a lot yeah. of things that are like coming together in him saying mm-hmm. that. But what I wanted to it's um, also the headquarters of a Wakandan American. <laughs> And we all, <laughs> you're so ridiculous. It is. And we, and we also know that Oakland has a lot of rich uh, radical history. Yeah. But what I would, going back to the point about like class and people. race um, and that kind of thing is that this, the whole thing about the whole coastal elite thing is like, it's not just like these quote unquote out of touch liberal elites that lives on the, live on the coast. Although to some level that's true, but I was going to say every other week we're seeing some article about how the, the, the housing prices in New York City are exorbitant, so, yeah. or how mm-hmm. the prices mm-hmm. um, in uh, you know in Oakland or San Francisco are like I mean totally exorbitant. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. there are also working class, predominantly black and brown people that yeah. live on the coast. Yeah, and it's like, and so like that is totally like I think that that piece is often missed in this conversation mm-hmm. where there's this like dichotomy, this like false dichotomy between like white not you know white working class in like rural or like midwestern or southern places again also black and brown people living in those places mm-hmm. um as well versus like you know it's only like the liberal elite white elite that lives on the coast and so um that that feels really important and then i just thought it was so like on that same front 
I like I when I first like after I watched this, I was like, this is a labor movie, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is not how we typically um, categorize movies, right? Or it's like it's just like this is a it's a labor movement labor movie with like black and like black black and brown um people yeah right it's like mm-hmm. I, like off the top of like i was listening it was so funny because in that same interview on democracy now um amy goodman is like um so she's talking about like the what do you call it that like the climax of like the the labor action mm-hmm. um that squeeze leads and so she's like oh there so she made a passing comment about about that being the Norma Ray moment. And um, so for so for those who don't know, there's a movie in the 70s um, with Sally Field, and it was called Norma Ray. I don't remember what industry um, she was in, but it's it's a labor movie. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, off the top of my head, I was thinking about all the movies that are like typically, and I, I, I like a lot of them that are considered like, yeah, that are, that are like the things that we think about in terms of uh, labor. So I thought about, what else? I don't know, but like, I don't think about like the... the I can't off the top of my head. I was like, I can't think of like. I mean, outside of this old movie from the nineteen eighties called Mate One about like black and white work miners coming together in a labor labor struggle. But like, what what's contemporary that makes us think about um, that I can like immediately think of when I'm when I'm thinking about a movie about black people or like people of color like organizing specifically mm-hmm. around labor, mm-hmm. right? And I just and I think again, um, most of the working class are like people of color but it's like and there's and there's um i'm thinking about um like one of the biggest labor actions um or like labor uprisings we've seen um in the like in this year was um the teacher strike and that was amazing but and i'm sure they were diverse in some places but like they were happening in um places like west virginia um in kentucky and they were not Oklahoma. all of them, right? But they a, a lot of them seem to, you know. And again, the teaching force is predominantly like white um, and women. So it's like again, those are struggles I support, and I think that they're really um, timely and they're necessary. But I was, I was like, oh, like where, like where can we see, um, like uh, again, people of color like organizing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that 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 just really like stuck out um, yeah. to me, and it, like it just seemed like very intentional. Like are you, when you just like when you pan out, when they like pan out. And um, you see his coworkers. It's like there's a a range of ages, mm-hmm. a range of ages, mm-hmm. and like most of the people, most of his coworkers are like people, people of color, color, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, so just in that, pol- in this political moment, that seemed like really like profound and striking um, to me. And it's and also going back, and again, uh, the reason why I say it ties together labor and race, uh, you know, class and race, you know together in a really like sharp way is like that's you know what so there's this monologue it's not a monologue but like when Danny Glover is telling him to use his white voice he doesn't just say use his white voice to make you know because yeah. it'll make you more money right right but he's like he's like there's actually um this is what they wish they sound he's because like, he's like, like not even because he, he was like and he's and again weaving together race and class because he was like the white voice he's like it's not just about like the intonation and like how you sound mm-hmm. but it's like he's like it sounds like you know, you pay your bills on yeah, time. That you don't have worded. a care in the world. Right. And he was like, but even white people, yeah. like, actually don't have those, like, right. don't even, um, have not totally, like, amel- like yeah. dealt with those issues or still mm-hmm. don't struggle with those issues. He's like, but this is, the vo- like, this is them pretending. that. Yeah. So he, like, just kind of, like, shows that, yeah. like, like the, the society as a whole point. is, yeah. like, like, there's a facade. Right, right. You know, and so I, I thought that that was a brilliant and that was, um, yeah. Um, really sharp and um, 
And there's this, oh, so another, oh, so this is another point that I was going to say that kind of like, it's it's a way of bringing together, in like in a small way, bringing together race and class. So the, his co-workers are mostly black and brown, but like the three people that are over him, mm-hmm. or that are over the other workers, All they're white. white. Always, yeah. Right? And it's like one white woman and it's like two white men. Yeah. It's like that, like for me, that it's like a small thing, mm-hmm. but like that's, it's also capturing these dynamics yeah. about Who's who's higher up in the workplace yep, yep. and like who's not? I mean, we right? see it like even if you go into any of the dining halls on campus, it's all the black and brown kids working, like the actual stations, right. and like all the white kids are the managers and like the right, right, and right, like, right, how, right. What? How does that happen? Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, we're just gonna have to go in. We we're gonna do the spoilers. That's fine because so so he becomes a power caller. But there's this really amazing. Um, Oh, so there's a couple couple of things I want to touch on. So I really love that um, his girlfriend, uh, Detroit. So another again, the one of the big sources of tension is that so he ends up becoming a power caller, and mm-hmm. one of and so the clients and the money that you make with power with being by being a power caller. Um, it's huge, right? Like they, like they, they have their own separate elevator that's like basically like gold plated, and what they're doing is they're selling like drones, arms. Yeah. Ba- basically, again, another like another interesting point is like weaving together the relationship between like capitalism and imperialism, right? right? And so I thought that that was really that's you know that's a really sharp. And imperialism um, is like spreading your country's power through war, right? 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 Yeah. Right, right? Or uh, specifically. Using it's spreading. Ca- it's actually the spread of capitalism to like new, to to build and to make new, um, to find new profits, and it spans the globe in order to do that. And in mm-hmm. order to do that, you have to oftentimes use violence and war, yeah. right? Um, so they go on strike. Yes, and he's still a power caller, so he's still going to work. Right. So they're on strike. So he's. Um, this is what I was going to say about his girlfriend. So she, um, so he becomes a scab, mm-hmm. right? Because that, that's what that's what you are when you break the picket line, yeah. right? When you cross the picket line, and so like they have this like, oh, so so I was, I was going to say that they have this like, they have this back and forth in bed where she was like, she was like, you're basically a scab, and she was like, I'm not going to be with a scab, yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's that, how I was like, yeah. That, that, I was waiting. She was she was just drawing yeah. a line, right, yeah. and saying, so, and he did it. And she left his she ass. Left him. She left him. Right. And I felt like that moment was just like, you know, me and Bonnie went to see it together, so we was just like, she left him. She though. left him like, because he was a fucking scab. How I can count like countless radical ass women who are with folks or yeah. like men who just ain't there. Ain't like I, I know I didn't want to say that, but like they just aren't there. And we'll stay with them. Right. Like, how do you... I don't know how you can, like, love me through all... I don't right. know. It's, like, all these contradictions. And they stay in those relationships. And she fucking left him. She left. <laughs> right. Um, it's just... I feel like that was just so... That was just so important. Because it's also... It's like, that. that's what it means for me, in my opinion, to have principles. It's yeah. Like, that is that is, that yeah. is a proverbial and, like, a literal line that mm-hmm. you, like, don't cross. Yeah. I remember I've, I told... I remember I told a former partner... I think like they um, the school that they were at was like talking about going strike on strike or something. And I was like, if I find out that you out here crossing picket lines, <laughs> and she's like, I'm not. She's like, you know, I'm in support of you. And I was like, let me find out you out here somewhere crossing picket lines. 
<laughs> not on my watch. Right. Um, <laughs> but the so the other thing that I feel like it just captures so well um, is so here's a big spoiler alert. So when Cassius Green goes to this um, to this party with Stephen Lift, who's the CEO, mm-hmm. and he's just a bum, like a totally racist, bombastic white man. Yeah, right. I think it's also funny that his last name is Lift because we know that Lift is gentrifying like Oakland. Oh shit! And, I didn't even think yeah. about that. I was thinking about his name is Lift, as in like because they're always talking like. As lift as in like aspirational. Oh yeah, and I feel and so that's kind of it. Like mirrors, like you know, uh, Cash's um, his like ascendance yeah. through like the ranks, and like yeah. that's kind of what um, like the whole worry free thing is about. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, you'll you'll be totally like you don't have to worry again. You don't have you don't have to be worried about anything. It's worry free. Mm-hmm. Like you'll be taken care of, and like he's a great innovator and entrepreneur, right? Yeah, and so I feel like um, I, I didn't I didn't think about that with the name, but that's that's. Uh, making the compare, making that connection between like the, the the gig economy and Lyft, L Y F T. So I appreciate that. But basically, he finds out, and again, it's so absurd, but it's so perfect because so Cassius goes to Stephen Lyft's this wild party, um, and he finds out that Worry Free is basically making some some kind of this is not the appropriate word, but some kind of like elixir or something to basically make, to make people to be equisapiens, right? <laughs> Equa, like equestrians. Yeah. So like, or like equine. horse people. So like horse people. So yeah. they could be, so they could be stronger so they can work faster and yeah. work harder and to make more profit. Don't, don't need as much sleep. Right. Yeah. And so he offers, so this is really, this is such a, it was such a striking moment for me because he says that, He's, he he makes this proposal to Cassius to where he wants Cassius to basically be on the inside. Yeah. So he says that he wants Cassius to basically be the faux leader of the of the of the new Equisapiens. Mm-hmm. Actually, because he uses this phrase, he wants him to be the Martin Luther King of yeah. the Equisapiens, yeah. and he was going to pay him a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why this stands out to me is because without getting too much, without getting too lost into like you know, theory around capitalism, but there's um, this, so one of, so within capitalism, you know, the old kind of, you know, there's, we've talked about it, there's like, we think of it as having two classes, right? The proletariat, and those are the people who are forced to sell their labor, and then the bourgeoisie, those are the people who own the means of production and just, you know, have full ownership usually of society. But then, but then there's a middle layer, and there's different people that call it different names. But is there's like, um, so there's so the middle class actually means so it doesn't mean that in the, the U.S. way we tend to think about mm-hmm. it, right? But the middle class means that either you so you 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 don't own as much as the bourgeoisie usually, but so, so it's like a small business owner, mm-hmm. or you're like middle in the sense of you. Like a manager, like you control the labor power mm-hmm. of others, um, or you have like some like supervisor or like managerial yeah. role within, within a firm. Got it. And so, and the and so one of the th- the key things about the 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 middle class is that they have a contradictory role in society. So on one hand, they're um, again they're trying to control, especially particularly in a workplace, they're trying to control you know the labor and the parameters of the conditions of work of workers but they're also selling their labor to the bourgeoisie so selling their labor um Mm -hmm. usually to the to the bourgeoisie or they um 
Yeah, so they're they're always in this contradictory position where mm-hmm. either they're trying to climb higher to the bourgeoisie to keep from being sucked in back into the proletariat, um, but also trying to like um, like discipline you know the proletariat mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. So that so that is like the middle layer um, in society, and the things to again to connect race to class is like. That is, you know, Kanye has totally gone off the rails, but I feel like that, like somebody who I think of like in that position is Kanye, right? Kanye was always going, that's what his rants about. That's what his rants a few years ago was on, about. On Sway. Right. He, he was, yeah. Right. So he's so, mm-hmm. he was bumping. So because he's in that contradictory middle layer, right. he was like, that's what he was saying. He, he was basically, because in one interview, he was like, um, like he's like there are no like black he's like oh god what is it the the industrialist he's like there are yeah. no like black titans of industry yeah, yeah. right and he was like and then that's what he, I remember that and so mm-hmm. one of the things I've said it on here before I think but one of the things that he said in that interview was sway that not enough people paid attention to was he was like at the end of the day Lucian Grange still cuts my check and I was right. like who the fuck is Lucian Grange and Lucian Grange is um, white dude CEO. I think it's like this French dude who yeah. owns um who's a CEO, I think it's a universal music yeah, group. Yeah. And there's only like a handful of music companies right. because of you know the consolidation and basically monopolies. Exactly. And so Kanye West was bumping up against the fact that, you know, he's this, you know, he's a you know, he's an artist. He is a so he has his own music label. So again, yeah. going back to that middle like he owns his own um, establishment, but that as but his own record label, but that establishment still or uh, music label still has to answer yeah. to the broader corporation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and as a, all of his antics really perfectly captured being in that contradictory position about wanting to ascend higher, but because of you know his um, class position and because of you know obviously because of his race, he can't he can't get to that point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And so I say all that to say that like that is kind of what. That is that's that that's the sense that I got from uh, Stephen Lift um, offering Cassius Green that one hundred million dollars yeah. to police yeah. and discipline. Yeah, his um, own people. His his like yeah. his own people, but also I feel like the race piece is really important because it's like that is so. That's when the class contradictions within the black community. So it's like we have these quote unquote you know leaders or these people like these you know what we say as black faces in mm-hmm. high places who are usually, like, put in power or they get to power because they serve as the symbolism of what we can be, right? We think we can get to that high place. But they're also, but by saying, basically, um, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, look, I made it, why mm-hmm. can't you? They also serve as that disciplining role to the rest of us, mm-hmm. right? And I, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, like, you have to be this this magical Negro right. in order to get to a place. And right. so, that, so that is essentially mm-hmm. what Cash is... Um, what Stephen Liff tries to propose to yeah. catch his green. And, and again, I feel like that's what... And Amari's character, too. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, like, right, you have right. to be this magical Negro. In order yeah. to... Right. And so, again, I just thought that that was... It's just... I think it's just a really sharp weaving together of, like, talking about race, capitalism, like, yeah, labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the last thing um, that I want to say, this is for real going to be my last thing, mm-hmm. is where... Like in a, in an interview with uh, Boots Riley and the the one I've been um, referencing, he says that he wanted this film to be like he's like he wanted people to leave the film with optimism, mm-hmm. and it's like so like seeing the victory for like the Regal View workers, um, that's really huge. Mm-hmm. And at one point, so uh, Cassius tries to expose 
Stephen Lipson, yeah. you know, these motherfuckers is turning people yeah. into horse people. And he says, call your congressperson. Yeah. And so he meets with Squeeze, you know, the labor leader, the one who's u- leading the unionizing drive. And he was like, of course people didn't do anything. Because he's like, everybody knows that calling your congressperson doesn't, doesn't work. Do he's like, it's a yeah. demoralizing thing yeah. that you actually ask mm-hmm. people to do. But it's like, again, when you see all those people out on that picket line and when you yeah. hear people chanting yeah. and we know there are people behind your back and when you mm-hmm. win, that's when you're like, exactly. okay, now I feel exactly. empowered, a part of this collective yeah. to like bring about um, it's, change. It's funny but okay so this will be the last thing because i know it's getting long but like like the people who become like victorious or like celebrated in that moment are the unionizers right 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 great movie yeah (laughs) go check it out go check it out um i i hope it's on something where i can like buy it and stream it pretty soon yeah i I would love to rewatch it yeah all right thanks nikita that was a that was a fun word that, yeah, word quote unquote. Yeah, that was I, that was that was a lot of fun. You see what happens when you do things in 2018. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I just don't even. I'm probably gonna go to space next year. <laughs> That's, you know, I'm just gonna be living in the future, <laughs> live from Jupiter. Wow. All right, y'all. So this week we don't have a topic. Feel free to send us suggestions for topics, things y'all like us to talk about or hear about us. Ask us some questions. You can submit those to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com or you can tweet them to us um, at QueerWalkPod on Instagram and Twitter. Put it in the hashtag, whatever. Just get them to us. We even accept courier pigeons. Only on Tuesdays and Thursdays. All right. All right. We're going to move it on along to Curved Chronicles so, from yeah. Bernadette. <laughs> she said we could use her real name. I know, but I just like Bernadette slash India. <laughs> so I'm going to read it and then we can talk about it. How does, does that work? Yeah. I too have a Curved Chronicle, but Ooh. it's. Yeah. So after that. So Bernadette writes <laughs> How do you curve others politely? There's a black woman the other day with dreads and a motorbike helmet. She was very pretty, but she I am fine taken. Already. I know, right? I am taken, and I was looking mashup. I think that's like British slang I'm about to say for she's like right. you look washed or like trash. Is that what that is? Mashup? You had to look. You didn't look good. Oh, what if it's the exact opposite? Let's just Google. So one time, me and Philandy, we went when. We was in um, Ottawa, Canada, and we went to this talent show, and we was like, yes, bitch, fuck it up. They thought we were booing. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we quickly realized that, like, slang is not universal. It's not universal. <laughs> so if you scream, fuck it up, in Canada, they think <laughs> they think you're booing. But um, anyway, what if mashup means, like, I was looking like a snack? I just looking I like can't a... find that. Okay. Anyway. Tell, tell us, India, Please. If, you, if you was looking good or bad. Anyway, you was looking mashup. I awkwardly smiled back and quickly looked away and carried on. She looked like she wanted to speak to me, but my quick, dismal shut it down fair to shut it down far too harshly. I still, it's still better than the time a guy wrote his number on a piece of paper and came up to me and me shouting in his face, "I'm gay." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I'm all for screaming. I- I'm gay <laughs> in men's faces. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> 
So she was just looking at you? What if she was, she just recognized you were queer and like tried to right. make community? Because I know I do that. You do. Like, you, you know you a real community ass yeah. bitch. And I guess it could be read in different ways. Um, I'm thinking about that lately. But like I really do try to connect with people when sure. I see them out. And so sometimes people might feel. She trying know. to push up on me. But yeah, I'm trying to flirt with them or even feel like unsafe like yeah. i'm staring at them because yeah. they different or whatever but no i just really be like hi i noticed you're queer as right. am i right <laughs> let's be friends um i noticed that you look like you were of the homosexual persuasion <laughs> and i wanted to introduce myself pretty much um <laughs> you look like a gender non-conforming same gender loving folk as am i <laughs> but okay um yeah so maybe that could have been it yeah but are there polite ways to curve someone? I think, yeah. You can just say... You can just say you have a partner. Yeah. Because you're taken. Yeah. yeah. And and you have to, you know, put, like, monogamous. Right. Because some people be like, oh. I want to be a part of a triad. <laughs> uh, goals. Yeah. So just to tell somebody that you're taken is fine. Yeah. How do you do it, Nikita? I don't think I've curved... I don't know. How would I politely curb somebody? Yeah. Because since, since you've had a boo, people have tried to hit on you. I don't think so. Yeah. When we were walking, um, I forget where we were walking home from or to or whatever that, that day. And that person was outside the coffee shop and was like, hey, Nikita, what you oh eating? <laughs> um, Got some leftovers there? <laughs> Maybe I could come over and eat uh, it with you. <laughs> no thanks. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm also like a curmudgeon, so I feel like it's not a problem for me. I'm probably not doing it <laughs> politely, politely, um, just because I'm like curt and like in general. You, I think you did say no thank you. <laughs> I, I think I did. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like it's a hard thing. It's a it's a hard line to toe because, like you said, you don't know if somebody's trying to like, you know, make build, friends. you yeah. know, make friends, you know, build community. Um, so you never want to be the asshole to be like, um, to like curve somebody, and then they be like, either like in a real way, like I, I wasn't trying to do that, or like their ego is hurt. Like I, I wasn't trying to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I feel like there's, like, small things that you can do where people get the hint. Whereas if it's, like, if they're trying to... This is kind of rude, but if they're trying to... Because um, this is how you can figure out if somebody's trying to build community. Because if they ask you to go somewhere, you go, oh, I have other people I think you would like to meet that they would be really, you know... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, that's cool. Because, like, you wouldn't... That's a, that's a smooth way. Because you yeah. wouldn't bring somebody, like, on a, like, exactly, a date. Exactly, on a date, right. right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think. It's. Ch- I feel like it's changed so quickly, so fast. Because, like, in 2013, 2014, the flirting and the curving wasn't happening that much on, like, Instagram and sure, Twitter. Sure, sure, It was happening more in person. In person. But now it's, like, all over Instagram sure. and Twitter. But, so, in person, like, I was trying to, I was trying to talk to this girl. And she was like, oh, that sounds cool. Me and my girlfriend will show you. Yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah. That's that's what I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like she she picked up on. I was trying to flirt with her, right. and she nicely let and politely let yeah. me know that she had a girlfriend. But what if you're single though? Because I was thinking about that. Um, how do I curve people? Um, I feel like I'm curving the same people consistently. 
So they're because they're like persistent. Yeah. And uh, it makes me feel kind of disrespected because like my no don't mean shit. Like right. I told you no how many times right. now. So now when I see them in public, like I don't even acknowledge their existence. Yeah. Like um, you don't exist to me. So when they speak to me, I just be looking at them. Right. Like why are you breathing my air? Which is very rude. That's not a polite way to. I'm thinking somebody. about one of them. And yeah. You know I don't fuck. <laughs> Ooh, I, just, I don't know. I'm enraged just thinking about that. Person. Like, I, how many times and how many ways do I have to say no? It starts to, I don't know. It starts to feel like some entitlement shit. Yeah. Like, you, like I'm supposed to want you just because right. you're interested. I don't know. I think it's just all about tone for me. Like, you can really say anything. Yeah. Like, like I've said stuff like, oh, thanks, but no. Right. And it's like, it has to do with your, your tone. Right. Like, if you like, <laughs> no. Like, that's rude, that's rude. obviously. Um, don't insult the person or try to like shade them. Yeah, I, yeah. I think being mean, I just nobody needs that. Yeah. Now, unless somebody's just being totally belligerent, right, then it's right. like you gotta fuck off and leave me alone. Yeah. But other than that, there's just no reason to be. Yeah. Um, it sounds like hurtful. she was trying to just make like eye contact and you know right. like a little whatever. So yeah, just. Hmm. I mean, we also don't live in a city just so, like, where I'm flattered, but anybody just walking up, right. I wish, bitch, I wish I had the opportunity to curve somebody in person because they walked up to me like, right. excuse me, I noticed you were fine right. and I couldn't sit in my seat you're, any longer. You're probably going to start being rude just because it's going to be, whenever you move, you're just going to be like, ha, no! <laughs> just because you're like... <laughs> it's happening all the time. <laughs> right. I really don't think that. Because I go on enough trips to be places and I be feeling myself when I'm in other cities too because I'm like, I'm the new bitch. Like, you ain't seen me on Tinder before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I still don't get... It's it's more than here, though. Don't 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 start telling those tales. What you mean? But, like, when you even be, like... I mean, I've been out with you. Well, yeah, because there's options. Because, yeah, like, here, I'll be the only black person in the whole ass establishment. Right. So, it ain't going to be no queer people of color right, if there's right, not that's even any saying. other. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, hoped any of that helped right. of how to politely... Tell us how y'all would politely curve somebody using the hashtag QueerWalk. W-O-C. Yeah, W-O-C. <laughs> Woman slash werewolf. Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a funny Curved Chronicle. I can't wait. And I... It's not... Well, it's a curve, like a literal curve. <laughs> but I didn't know where else to put it on the show, so I figured Curve Chronicles would be a good a good a place as any. So, I got my nails done this week. They look so good. Thank you. I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> my nail person, he's learning. Because I go in there and I be, I be wanting, like, a lot. And I, I don't think he's... Because, you know, it's in East Syracuse. Yeah. He does, like, the plain French manicures and, right. like, pink nails all day. Right. Um, on old white ladies. And so, when I come in there, like, give me blue, like, gradients. He, right. like, okay. A um, monochromatics <laughs> play on the <laughs> rainbow. I told... I was, like, I want black, but not, like, a dark black. Like, right. give me... You know, right at that moment where it's like, we're 9.45 shift to 10 o'clock, that the way that the sky is dark in that way, capture that. I really, I told him, when I walked in this time to get my nails done, I was like, I want chrome, but not chromey. And I want like a flowery color, but I don't want no floral, like flowers on my nails. And, And he was like... What about this color? <laughs> He's learning me. He's getting me. And I really, I like that. Because I haven't had like a nail home in a very long time. So anyway, 
he picked out these colors. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but this one is a marble. Ooh. So yeah, it's, it's it's pretty cute, and I think he hit with the the chrome, not I like chromey. It. I, I, yeah. I really dig it. Um, and so, so I'm so he's doing my nails, and he's like, "Are you gonna try a new shape this time?" And I was like, "No, round them. I need you to round them off even more." And so he rounded them, and I was like, "No, they need to be like round." He's like, right. <laughs> "Nikita's looking at her nails," <laughs> and so he was like. Can I ask you why? And I was like, because I don't want to scratch nobody. And he said, oh, okay, you a nurse? <laughs> You're like, I, me, I can be a naughty and me, nurse. And me, without, like, without pausing, he was like, you a nurse? And I was like, no, nah, I'm a dyke. <laughs> like, instantly. And so he didn't even look up for my nails. He's still, like, you know, shaping my nails. Uh-huh. He's like, okay, okay. And so then he says again, so you're not a nurse? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm a therapist. <laughs> and he was like, okay, okay. So you just don't want to scratch nobody because uh, you are a lesbian? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And so he was like, so he, you know, he's still looking down on my nails. Is it going to pass? No, nah, it's going to land right on <laughs> the roof of the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he still hasn't looked up at me. He's still, like, shaping my nails, right? Um, And so, yeah, so he does it. They come out pretty good, very round, if I must say so myself. And so after he's done shaping them, he, like, grabs my finger like this, and he went, no scratch. I think you're good. (laughs) You have to describe to the listeners what he did. He grabbed, like, my two fingers, um, my pointer finger, my middle finger, and sort of, like, like, pulled his like his fist over him, you know, like, like the a hole. the motion you would do, like the gesture you would do if you're trying to talk about fingering, basically. Right. So he did that to my hand. He's like, "No scratches. I think you're good." Um, and so I was completely embarrassed, and it was funny. But then I thought about like I just came out to him, yeah, and like uh, I don't. I just thought about like the gayness of the whole situation. Like he's a dude who does nails. Sure, he's not queer he well i think he's queering something sure but yeah he has like you know wife kids who also work at the shop because you know that's how nail shops be and we've talked about that before like he's like oh yeah you know like people assume that i like guys because i do nails Uh he was like no no i don't like guys that's my wife down there you know and so we talked about that before and i was thinking about that like what made it feel safe for me to like say that sure um, cause I could have just lied and been like, yeah, I'm a nurse. Yeah. Um, so answer that. Well, I was thinking about <laughs> like when you said it would be nice if we could walk into salons and be like, I want the lesbian. Like, right. and that's what the shape is called. And it just made me think a lot about like charting the journey and, mm. um, I don't know, like making stuff easier for those who come after you. So not that at this shop you're gonna walk in yeah. and be like, give me, give me the dike. Right. I want the but that in some way I kind of like normalize something. Yeah. Like I'm, I come here regularly. He knows yeah. me. He always does my nails. And like maybe if there, if no one else was like open about being a queer woman in that space, that yeah. like I was the first one to do that. And so now he know how to act and like, right. you know, like. There doesn't have to be, like, friction now. Right. Um, and so I was thinking about that, and I was also thinking about how, 
like people talk about coming out as if this is it's just this like wham bam. Yeah. And that it's not. It's all these little moments during life where you have to come out again and again and again. I I'm thinking about being in a grocery store with my partner and somebody putting a divider between our stuff and having to be like, This is actually my bae and we're together. Like that's a moment of coming out too. And like Yeah. I don't know. It also made me think about Right, so all of this is happening in my head as I'm getting my nails done. But I was just like, uh, like, what would have happened like if I said that? He would have been like, oh. Right. You know? And like, how would I have responded to that? It also made me think about like, oh, I wish I knew a queer woman of color who did nails. Sure. That like, I could go to her. You know, that would be cool. Um, or who cut hair. Or any of that stuff. It made me think about looking queer. Because <laughs> sure. it's like, oh. Um, I've had people say, people that I'm interested in, I'm thinking about somebody in particular right now, like they'll look at my nails and be like, oh, I didn't think you were gay because of your nails. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you're just looking at the length. You didn't look at the shape. The shape. <laughs> the roundedness, my friend. Rounded for your pleasure. And yeah, like even if you don't keep your nails as long as I keep mine or don't get any polish or anything, just like keeping up your hand, hand maintenance. Like, that should be a prior- priority for you. Yeah. And so, like, all of those, like, small ways... Everybody talks about, like, self-care being, like, sort of, like, consumer society. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, a lot of people do get their nails done for, like, self-care. Or sure, get sure, sure. pedicures for self-care. And, like, what it means to be a queer person feeling safe to, like, go in there and do right. that. I always think about, like, relational stuff. And so, I thought about, like, a lot of people treat nail salons like this is ex- this is exchangeable that's not a word but like you doing this service for me so just shut up and do my nails right but that's not how i treat like my nail techs right um because i think of it as a relationship like and and because they usually be people of color right and so i'm like i don't want to just treat you like this i want to have a conversation with you and i want to be like I don't know, like, thank you for for being so good at this skill that I could come to you right. and, like, feel better about myself. Right. Even if just for these 30 minutes sure. while I'm here. It never takes 30 minutes, like an hour and 30 minutes. But whatever. Two things. So, it's funny you mentioned, because now I have, surprisingly enough, although it's not showing now, I do have a nail routine now because where I work, um, it's, a lot, it's really filthy. Mm-hmm. So, I come home every single night after I take a shower and I, because we work with like a lot of grease, you know, it's grimy. So I do baking soda and peroxide. And I have, I bought a brush. What? To like clean my fingernails. Look at Nikita with a regimen. A regimen. <laughs> and also speaking of work. So I guess like as I was listening to your, um, uh, this, this. Curve. Uh, right. A particular. round chronicle. Like this curve chronicle. <laughs> um, I guess it just made me think that it's like also when you just. Because you say, like, you just, like, blurted it out without without thinking. When you are who you are, that's just kind of how yeah. you, you just are who you are. Yeah. So, like, the other day, uh, so, like I've mentioned before, there's not usually, so this, the, the job that I'm on now is a bigger job. And on the bigger jobs, there's usually, like, more uh, black people. So, there's these two black guys, you know, they come, they came from the South, but they were working on this job up here. And they're they're so funny. They're very sweet. So they they were like doing because they're staying at a hotel because they're not from here. They're doing a little barbecue at their um, um, at the hotel. So they're like, you know, you should come. And I was like, oh, I can't because I was like, my girlfriend and I are going out to the movies later. And mm-hmm. I like, like, why would I not? Yeah, so, yeah. And I'm just like, I didn't even think about it. Because yeah. like, you know, maybe like 
five years ago, I'd have been like, well, I have plans. And like, mm-hmm. I'm also, I mean, I'm also just like a very like private person, mm-hmm. especially at work. Cause I'm like, don't nobody here need to know nothing about me. Yeah. But like, it's also, but like, that's not a, that's not a private thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a thing that anybody could quote unquote, like use. Reveal. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Cause it's like, I, I'm gay. Yeah. And I look, I mean, in that context, I think, cause like we're all wearing like, work close to people like I mean it's, mm-hmm. it's not as visible as as I, as I always feel mm-hmm. but I'm just like no like of course like why would I why would I not yeah like, it's not mm-hmm. a weird it's not a thing to like that anybody could hold like hostage yeah. over me or like yeah you know, so I was like and like as I said it I was like oh like of course like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I am actually doing this so why would I not right right what say did they this? say oh they're so funny they were like well bring your girlfriend to the crowd <laughs> <laughs> She's invited to the cookout. <laughs> they are so funny. Um, and like, there's other coworkers where I'm just like, you oh, you stop by to get a plate? No, because I'm just, na- I was nasty oh, after okay. work. And okay. like, you know, I, I live like an hour away from where I work. See, I'm just like free food because I'm so broke right now. Well, I mean, I really, I had my mouth set on a burger. Um, but um, yeah, so it's just like that's, and, and I know that you know I say that about you like all the time. It's just like, of course you blurt it out because it's like you're not, you like you really you couldn't live any other way if you yeah. wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I think in all those moments where I try to like, um, like shrink, hide, or swallow myself, it's like I don't know. It feels like those are the moments where like my great grandmother or my grandmother or my mama just jump out of me and like right. it doesn't allow me to be like silent yeah. about me in that moment. And yeah, I mean I've been thinking a lot about that today specifically about like safety and like what that means, but not just safety in a moment, like safety intergenerationally and like what it means for me to be like Nah, girl, I'm a dyke. Right. <laughs> um, and how, like, what like what that means, like, ancestrally to, like, heal the queer women mm. who, like, died, never sure. having been able to say sure. I'm a lesbian, um, or to ease the path for, like, generations after Right. Me. That is all I already see, so, like, rapidly changing. The last thing I want to say is that, like, I, mean, I think I especially think about it a lot about the work context, because it's mostly, like, you know, straight white dudes, so I'm like... There, there is no me fitting in, right? Right, like I can't, mm-hmm. I, like I'm the only other black woman I've ever seen, and so I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Even if I wanted to shrink myself, I, I yeah, actually you could not do yeah, that, right? right. It's, yeah. it's actually not an option, right? So you, so you just yeah. might as well not do it. Yeah. Mhm. Exactly. Wow, bitch, that's a show. Yep. All right, y'all. So, y'all know what to do. Hit us up on all the things. And... Todas las cosas. All yeah. the things. And uh, <laughs> tell your favorite big cousin to <laughs> become a patron. Drop you, something off on the PayPal. Right. Or share the episode. You call him. You like, big cuz. <laughs> you gonna become a patron or no? Yeah. Because I really want a t-shirt from this podcast that I love. So Right. And they cannot do that without your support. Yeah. So, you know, check out all the links to all the things in the info box, the uh, show notes, and we will catch y'all on the next episode. Catch y'all on the next one. Oh, you can also catch me um, in these streets because I'm going to be in New York City. I'm so sad I'm missing it. Yeah. So I'm going to be in New York this weekend. So if you're in New York City and you're like, "Mm," but money is upstate. 
and this is downstate. That's actually me, because I will be there. And I'm also going to be at Afropunk with my baby sister. So, fun times. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm so excited. I, I already have packed. And you know I usually pack like Damn. the night before I leave. I already packed. So. Yeah, that's that's how I know a bitch is excited. Yeah. So, if, so you know, if I happen to pop up on your Tinder, it's because I'm in your city. <laughs> and I'll be there in spirit. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. We out. Homosexually. Ha, 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 ha.